God, God's love and compassion for the poor and also his challenge to us to care for the marginalised and the downtrodden is a constant thread weaved through scripture. From the law of the prophets, from the Psalms to the Apostle Paul, God is constantly urging us to care for, speak up for and make space for the poor. People who are struggling to survive physically, emotionally and spiritually. People who um, have no voice, no influence and no power in our society. If you see how this is mentioned in the Bible, it seems we need to be constantly reminded. Just like a parent, God knew that we would need instruction and urging to take the difficult path to do the right thing, to put aside our own needs and think of others. But we can only do the right things by, if we think the right things, behaviour flows out of belief. We have to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, Romans 12. So today, let's allow God's word to remind us and renew our minds as we look at a few of these God-given challenges to make space for the poor in our thinking and theology. We may think we know the reason that God was displeased with Sodom, but Ezekiel shines a different light on it. Ezekiel 16.49 says, Now, this was the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters were arrogant, overfed and unconcerned. They did not help the poor and needy. That's a pretty hard challenge. If we don't help the poor and needy, we are in danger of being arrogant, overfed and unconcerned. The Psalms, Proverbs and Prophets consistently inspire us and challenge us to take care of the poor. Defend the weak and the fatherless. Uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed. Psalm 82 verse 3. Whoever shuts their ears to the cry of the poor will also cry out and not be answered. Proverbs 21 verse 23. This theme is carried on in Isaiah 58 when God says, You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. The Israelites were not living lives that reflected God's heart of compassion and care for the poor. So their praying, quiet times and fasting were ignored. God says, This is what I really want you to do. This is what believing in me really looks like. Do this, then I'll listen to you. Isaiah 58, 6 and 7. Is this not the kind of fast I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke. To set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and provide the poor wanderer with shelter? Then you will hear the call of the Lord and he will answer your cry for help. And he will say, here I am. It should come as no surprise that Jesus chose these words of Isaiah 61 to announce his ministry and mission. This was his inaugural speech 
a summary of what his mission and purpose were all about. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. As his children, Jesus' followers, we need to ask ourselves, is his mission our mission? Is the purpose of his life the purpose of our lives too? To proclaim the good news to the poor. Because it's simply not enough to pray, to come to church, to do the right things without looking after the poor. As James says in James 1 verse 27, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after the widows and the orphans in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. The widows and the orphans were the poor of their day. In Galatians 2, Paul was checking in with the apostles about the gospel he was preaching uh, to the Gentiles, to the non-Jews, to us. After talking and discussing, they basically said, Okay, carry on, but there's one thing, one piece of doctrine that we want you to remember. What was the one thing they asked Paul never to forget? All they asked is, was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I was eager to do all along. So let's make sure that we too remember the poor in our thinking and our theology. Out of right thinking, the right care and compassion and action will flow. When God was setting out the law of how his people should live, he made it very clear that he wanted us to make space for the poor in our treasurer, in our income and what we own. When you reap a harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather up the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over over your vineyard a second time and pick the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. I am the Lord your God. Leviticus 19 verses 9 and 10. God spoke this instruction into an agricultural society. If people owned land, they would be growing food on it, whether it be corn or vineyards. So God made it as relevant as possible to them. For these farmers, their produce was their income. They would have kept some of the food for themselves and they would have sold the rest. Today, the majority of people aren't farmers, but the principle is the same. God is basically saying, don't keep consuming all your produce and keep all your wealth to yourself. Don't go right to the edges of your financial field, reaping it all for yourself. Leave some spaces on the edge of all you earn and own and care for, for the poor. What out of your total income have you got left for the poor? Make space in your finances and life for the poor. Make sure that you have a plan in place to provide for the poor in your income. God wanted a certain behaviour, to care for the poor. 
and he gave them a system to do it to leave a certain amount of the field unpicked so that the poor could gather food. The system doesn't work today in our context, so we have in place a different system to ensure that we can set aside some of our income and make space for the poor in our treasure. Now we have direct debits. So, we're making space for the poor in our thinking and in our treasure because we set up a direct debit to that Christian charity to help the poor in the UK. Is that enough? Personally, I think making space for the poor in our time is the most challenging area of our time-poor, busy society. But true love and compassion calls for action. And we see it in the parable of the Good Samaritan. The Samaritan not only gave his money and his income to help the poor beaten up guy beside the side of the road, he also got involved and he gave his time. He was on a business trip, he had places to go and people to see, and yet he stopped. He got involved in the mess. He was prepared to be delayed. He gave his time, he bandaged up the man put him on his own donkey, which presumably would have meant a much slower trip. Jesus also calls us to make space for the poor at our table. Luke 14, verse 12. Then Jesus said to his host, When you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers, your sisters, your relatives, and your rich neighbours. If you do... They may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Jesus is quite clear in this passage in Luke that we are simply to be friends with those. We're not simply to be friends with those who are like us. We are meant to include the poor in our lives, in our time, and around our table.